Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, back with Jordan Klimak here on the pod. Jordan, it's springtime out. It's 80 degrees in Chicago. It's close to that in Cleveland. And that means a couple of different things. Baseball and NFL draft. (laughs) Yeah, I'm more excited for the NFL draft. I mean... God, man, our Indians, they can't they can't score a run for their life. And they just haven't been that excited for baseball. But I'm ready to go with this draft here, man. The draft is in Cleveland, too. That's another thing to look forward to. So let's go. Yeah, the 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 drafting in Cleveland should be fun. I'm actually going to be back in Cleveland for the draft. Okay. So very excited about that. Uh, I, Did you I get don't... any of those uh... – uh, what are you? What do they call them? Like NFL experience tickets or anything? No, like that? no. So I'm not planning on being there in per. Well, for the actual draft part in person, uh, and which is fine because of all years, I feel like this isn't the Browns' most exciting draft, which is a good thing. Right, yeah. Which is a good yeah. thing. But uh, <laughs> I am going to be in Cleveland. Hopefully, uh, be chatting up with some people about their thoughts on the Browns' day one and day two picks. Uh, just going back to visit the family, but uh, also going to be uh, hopefully uh, getting to uh, talk about some exciting. Browns draft things and Jordan that leads me to today's topic for the show we got to turn our attention towards the draft there's still some lingering free agent news out there the Jadavion Clowney news has has basically been nothing but a tease for the last week or so but we had to get back on the podcast because the draft is only in a few weeks Jordan so it's time to get cracking it's absolutely time to get cracking like you know these guys like Andrew Barry and Stefanski in that front office they've been They've been scouting guys for a while, too. I think they probably have a pretty good idea. Obviously, you can't control what happens in front of you, but I think that uh, these guys are too smart not to have a plan in place, Henry. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. At this point, there's probably not a whole lot left other than the pro days and stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. while they may have been doing it all year long, I, Jordan, spent more (laughs) hours than I would like to admit over the weekend watching draft tape in preparation for this podcast and some upcoming podcasts with guests. So I'm fully in now on the draft. And I think I have some more familiarity with this prospects, but I think the place to start when talking about the draft is team needs. That's first Mm -hmm. and foremost, right? What do the Browns need in this draft? Because as much as people talk about best available Look, the Browns aren't going to draft a quarterback in this draft. They don't need one of those. Uh, They're not going to draft a running back in all likelihood and things like that. So team needs wise, Jordan, I think that's where we should start the conversation today. And we can get into a little bit more about your your general draft philosophies as well, because I'd love to hear those. Just team needs wise for the Browns right now. What's the one position you think that this roster still needs in this draft well it's it's funny because it seems to me like there's been a lot of you know kind of like last season kind of the question marks the glaring needs had kind of already been addressed I mean not necessarily but when you talk about like a a, a John Johnson and a Troy Hill uh, and, and Anthony Walker guys that they've brought in those have been at positions of need Henry but I think that When you're talking about what I still need in this draft, and I don't know if it's in this draft or if it's just overall, but I still need an edge rush, Henry. And I still need another linebacker. (laughs) I can't, I can't be satisfied with the the linebackers that we have right now. And, you know, looking at, I think on paper right now, it's Anthony Walker, Jacob Phillips, Malcolm Smith, and um, 
Taki Taki. So I think that a linebacker is definitely going to fit into our draft plans. The question is where. I don't see it being a high uh, priority in terms of draft. I think you can find some value there at later rounds. Uh, we've talked about the value at corner in later rounds as well. But to me, Henry, it's, it's, it's linebacker and it's edge. And ah, it's, it's, it's tough to say because I, I don't know if I want to go young at that edge position. But if we're talking about, we've talked about in the past of a possible clowny joining with Tack McKinley, then I think you have to go uh, young there at edge. So for me, again, uh, linebacker and edge. Edge has got to be it for me just yeah, because yeah. of the value of the position. And it's still unsolved. It feels technically the only signed player right now that really seems like it fits opposite Garrett. Yeah, Malik Jackson obviously has some experience there. Mm-hmm. It, it's possible, you know, but it seems like even if they add Clowney, I would want another at least depth piece, right? In the case that Clowney is injured, in the case that Garrett's injured, Tack McKinley's never been that healthy. I, they need really a, a fourth guy in that rotation, even if you have the three of Clowney, McKinley, and Garrett. So that's number one for me as well. To your point about linebacker, Everybody, I feel like, is mocking a linebacker to the Browns. I don't in the first round at 26. I don't really get it. I guess it's because of just the where the way the the board falls in the sense that there there's a prevailing thought that there's not going to be an elite corner right at that spot for the Browns. Either it would be overdrafting or somebody falling, so that you can't really get. And I get obviously a lot of teams need pass rushers. It seems like Jalen Phillips, Gregory Rousseau, some of those guys might go before the Browns. So I keep seeing linebacker mock to the Browns. I don't think the Browns yeah. are going to take a linebacker at 26. I, I, I don't know why everybody seems to think that. To me, they just drafted Taki Taki Lasher. I don't think they're going to give up on him. They just signed Anthony Walker. And this is an analytics-focused front office that I'd be surprised if they invest that much in linebacker. I could be wrong. It seems like everybody in the NFL draft space is betting against me, but I just don't get the, the linebacker thing. To me, that's a mid-round pick, third, fourth-round kind of thing for the Browns. Yeah, and is there a name that you've seen in particular that, like, is continuously associated with the Browns? Because there was a new name that I saw today, and uh, I think it was uh, Daniel Jeremiah's mock. Uh, it was a linebacker out of Kentucky. Is it Jamin Davis? Jamin Davis? Um not exactly sure of the pronunciation there, but I, that was the first time I had seen him mocked to the Browns. The one name that Henry, the name that I feel like has just been associated with the Browns from day one for whatever reason, still is Zaven Collins. And I actually heard yeah. some press availability from Collins, and he was actually asked about like the possibility of joining the Browns. And of course, he had all the right things to say. But to me, Collins is the guy that I've just, you know, probably in like sixty to seventy percent of these mocks that I've looked at had that have the Browns taking him, and I. I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about it. Again, it's going to be one of those things I think I can talk myself into, but I have to do more research on it. I don't know if you're well-versed on his game, but again, that's a a name that I keep seeing associated with the Browns. I've watched a little bit of film on Collins. He's an outside guy. Yeah. So I don't, I I guess that fits in as another depth piece around Anthony Walker being the middle linebacker then you you add Collins as one of those outside guys who can get after the quarterback a little bit as well. I just, I guess, I he he makes sense in, in the way that he is a multi-dimensional linebacker. 
and he would fit in with the modern game at that position. So that's where Zayvon Collins certainly checks the boxes. Again, it's really just a question of resources. That's what I don't get uh, about it is, yes, Zayvon Collins could work with the Browns, and maybe it's just a best available thing. I'm just yeah. not – and, and this will get into our draft philosophies a little bit, Jordan. I just don't get the idea of best available to me is one of those cliche sayings that actually means nothing when you draft, like when you go <laughs> yeah, to, to the draft. It's like I'm, you, when you have team needs and a roster to fill out, you have to pick the guys that are going to help fill out that roster. Of course, if there's a big gap in your evaluation between players, you take the better available player because the draft can be a little bit random. I understand all of those arguments for it. However, if you have two guys that are relatively close to evaluation, which I feel like has to happen all of the time, I don't understand this whole, well, just take the guy that you have rated just ever so slightly higher just because he's the best available rather than filling the team whole and to me, linebackers not only less important compared to edge rusher, it's also less important compared to corner. So I, I could be wrong, but I'm just not. I am. I am on on the side that the Browns are not taking a linebacker at 26. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And kind of that draft philosophy thing. Do you remember for so many years it seems like, for whatever reason, that best available player thing was like a draft mantra associated with Patriots. Like I feel like everyone was like, oh, well, you know, the Patriots—they're winning Super Bowls and. They, their philosophy is take the best player available. It's like, has that really worked out for them? <laughs> Can you, like, who's the last, what's the last good draft the Patriots had? I, I, I can't even think of it off the top of my head. I can't think of the last they, good they draft. They haven't drafted a Pro had. Bowler, I think, since like 2013 or 14. Yeah, it's something glaring. Like, they did, they've done all their work through free agency and, and that kind of thing. So I, I'm not a firm, I'm, I'm not a firm believer of that draft the best position available, too. Because, and then if you're looking at it from the Browns, Henry, it's like, what are you, you going to draft a running back? because he's the best player on your board when you have Nick Chubb and you have Kareem Hunt, you're going to take a quarterback and you have Baker or wide receiver. Like, no, it, just, it doesn't make sense. Like it, feel what you need, especially when you're a team that has the aspirations that the Browns do, you go out there, you, you, you have a certain set of philosophies and needs and, and you have these guys ranked and you take it that way. Like, I, again, this is a smart front office, um, probably the smartest, I think we can say without a doubt that we've had here in quite some time. So I think that they will have everything under control, Henry. But to answer your question again about the linebackers, I, I don't see it happening either. I think we talked about this like in one of the first podcasts that we did of just you and I being of the same belief that like you just don't take a linebacker this high. And again, I know it's a glaring position of need. It has been for two years for the Browns, but again, you, you use your brains here. You use use the smart uh, people in the front office, and I think you. Uh, to me, it just screams edge, Henry. I think that I think that they go edge here at this pick. Yeah, and I I feel like there's a a sentiment that it that linebacker the linebackers for the Browns weren't very good last year. I guess my biggest thing is that I feel like people misevaluated the Browns' struggles for their linebacking core because they have bigger names on their defensive front and secondary. But I thought the secondary was the biggest problem last year. I actually thought the Browns linebackers were a little bit underrated. I think Jacob Phillips had a little bit of an underrated year. We've talked about BJ Goodson, the Browns mm -hmm. linebackers graded out analytically quite well, which of course is going to appeal to Andrew Barry in the front office. So the thing that Zayvon Collins would solve, and that's why if he in particular is the player pick, 
it could make sense because he is known for having some ball skills in zone coverage and in the passing game. And you can argue certainly that the Browns don't have that at the linebacker position right now. They don't have a guy who's really great in pass coverage. And while Zayvon Collins, as I said, is multidimensional, the thing that, that so many people rave about him is, Hey, when he drops back into zone, he's got a feel there. He had a couple touchdowns in college. He had a couple interceptions as a linebacker. And that's the one argument I could see where it's specifically him. I can get behind the pick. I'm just more worried about the edge position opposite Garrett. And we still haven't really talked about it yet, yet much, but my second biggest concern is the corner position. So that's where Zayvon Collins would be nice. I'm just, the idea of a linebacker makes me squeamish. Yeah. And the other thing about that is too, it's like, if you're really going to, if you're really drafting a linebacker that high because you need one, like, do you, I, I, Henry, do you think that a linebacker that we drafted would come on and one, have an immediate impact on this, in this linebacking core and two, even see the, see the field that often? Because I don't, I don't know that either two of those things would happen. So if you're drafting a linebacker that high because you need him, I don't think it makes sense also from that standpoint that like, I don't know how much he would play or how he would, how much he would be able to contribute this year for the Browns. And then we talk about the edge rush. If, if you're still, if you have Tack McKinley and then you have someone else who you might bring in as well, maybe a Jadavion Clowney, who, who the hell knows what's going on there. Kind of doesn't seem like it's likely at this point, but if you're still, if you're going to plan on having two guys there or someone else alongside Tack McKinley, then that address position becomes important because again, you don't have to rely on them. You don't have to, you know, rely on them to make plays. I mean, maybe injury or circumstance would bring that forth. And I mean, not going to wish that on anyone, but that's kind of where I come out on that as well as like, if you're drafting someone in the first round to immediately put in on that defense and like be a integral part of that defense, I think that's also a wrong philosophy, if that makes sense. I. Uh- I completely agree. And I also just think pass rush is a, a position again, where I think having depth is more important than linebacker. I, mm-hmm. I think uh, if the Browns took linebacker in the first round, look, I, I wouldn't cry if Malcolm Smith or Taki Taki is replaced by that guy and becomes a, a more of a depth piece or get, is, <laughs> is potentially in trouble on this roster. Not shedding any tears over that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, not really uh, to be honest uh, that, you know, those guys, I, I think I've been given a, a shot for sure. And, and you brought up Jamin Davis earlier. He's yeah. more of, Basically, he would come in and compete with Anthony Walker. He's more of your bigger yeah, middle, inside yeah. middle linebacker type. So, I again, they didn't spend a lot of money on Anthony Walker, so maybe they they do that. I I just see Edge uh, as as issue one A, especially with Tech. I mean, again, if Javion Clowney signs, that's a little bit different to me. Edge does fall down the priority list. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. However, as I brought up earlier, Jordan, to me, 1B to Edge being 1A concerns for the Browns is is corner, not linebacker. Who is playing opposite Denzel Ward that you can count on? Uh, Troy mm-hmm. Hill has played outside some in his career. Greedy Williams, are we sure Greedy Williams is playing next season? I mean, this nerve injury <laughs> no, sounds, like, so, sounds like it could really be a, a career-ending type thing. So I, you just hear the words nerve injury, and, and, and that yeah. certainly makes Browns fans shudder. So I get here's here's the thing is the there's a very high likelihood that the elite corners in this draft are gone before the Browns. Yeah, that was what I was going to say because if that's the like case, who... if that's the case though I I'm okay with a a trading back scenario I'm okay with ooh, maybe you trade up and go get one of these guys that you really like I just don't see how if you're the Browns you can count on Greedy Williams and. And with Denzel Ward's injuries too, I think you have to get a corner in this draft in at least the first two rounds, probably. And I I would be shocked if they don't go in that direction. I understand the board may not fall that way. And a lot of mock drafts don't go with trades. I could see the Browns moving up or back uh, to get into the corner sweepstakes, especially if Jadavion Clowney signs with them before the draft. See, I think it's a little bit different, Henry. I I could see them moving up for edge rush i don't i don't really i I could see them honestly i could see them trading back for corner if that's the way that they want to go because we've talked about the depth that they that's in the later rounds at corner in this draft and that's mentioned too like i i get the whole point of who's going to play alongside greedy and all that but like at the same time or uh, excuse me alongside denzel ward but at the same time henry it's like do you is there a guy you know if we were picking in like the top 15 or something along that along those lines i think it would be a little bit different but at 26 it's like is there really a guy that you could come in and be able to count on to you know possibly be playing in a in an afc championship game alongside denzel ward like i don't know if there's that guy certainly not at 26 so it's like i don't know i just like is see, there, I, do see, you think there's a guy is that like, do you have a name that that you think could come in and kind of get playing time right away, be effective, help that defense fill a glaring need because I haven't seen him. I haven't heard of him at 26, but maybe you have an idea of someone there. A, a couple of names come to mind and I, I'm going to get into corner prospects a lot on a future pod here with, with Eric Crocker, but so JC Horn probably isn't there at 26. He's probably gone before that. Yeah. That's probably the name that the Browns would be trading up for. If they trade back, and they get into kind of that early second round territory. I like a bunch of guys there. There's Asante Samuel Jr., uh, uh, who everybody will recognize. His father, uh, of yeah. course, Asante Samuel Jr., a huge ball instincts kind of guy. There's really, though, the guy I have a draft crush on is Tyson Campbell out of Georgia, who's a big physical corner, could be available at the Browns' second pick in round two. He's, he's mocked in the 50s. Browns have pick 59, so... That, that's a one where I would love for them to, to go get a Tyson Campbell or there's a guy out of Syracuse as well. Uh, his name's very difficult to pronounce. Hopefully I'm not going to get it wrong here. Ifatu Melifonwu, uh, his brother hey, is nice, an NFL nice. player. Um, <laughs> and 
he I, I I'm more of a Tyson Campbell guy. A lot of people have mocked uh F a fellow one. Oh my gosh, this is a tough one for me. Melifonwu <laughs> uh to the Browns as well later in that second round. I um, see Jordan, I think second round corners play often and can start. Can, I mean, isn't that what we thought Greedy Williams was gonna do? He is a second round corner. I think second round corners yeah. can, can come in and play, uh, uh, especially in, in the second position where they're not asked to guard number one guys. I think that is is a reasonable ask. And I think that's something the Browns have to hit on in this draft. To me, outside of edge, I, I, I just think there are a free agent edge options still. I'm not sure how they solve this corner option without going through the draft. And I, li- I like the second round corners in this draft in particular. Guys that the Browns could take at 59 or take if they trade back. So you're right. I think trading back is more likely than trading up for the corner position. I would be a fan if the Browns did that. I'm surprised I didn't hear. Uh, what are your thoughts on Greg Newsom? Do you think that there's a possibility? I mean, I know Northwestern yeah. guy. So like he, I, I've seen him mocked in the twenties. I think there's a possibility that he could slip a couple spots. And if he's there, like I'd be cool with someone like him or like a Caleb Farley, but I just, I don't know. It's just to me, I'm hesitant to like draft one of those guys and immediately think that they can come in. Cause like, I mean, Henry, let's call it for what it is. I'm I, I more or less expect Denzel Ward to miss three to four games a year. I think that's almost a given. He's proven that he can be fragile at times. So this guy, whoever we do draft, is going to probably see significant playing time alongside Troy Hill, who obviously slide in there as well. But, like, I don't know. Those are two names that I've seen in a handful of mocks dra- um, put in the 20s, going in the 20s. Uh, a lot of them had them going before 26. But I do think that it's possible that one of those guys slips, and that's where I would be intrigued at 26, I think. Yeah, uh, Newsom's a little bit all over the place, I think, as far as how people evaluate him, because he's got a lot of, of strengths and weaknesses to his game. And I think that's the the challenging part with the Northwestern defense is it's a little bit tough to tell. He played off coverage a ton at Northwestern, very little press coverage. And he committed a lot of penalties when he played. So I think there's, there are some people that see his physicality, that see the plays he made and, and was part of a very successful Northwestern secondary the last couple of years and love him. There are also some people that say, hey, this guy doesn't have great closing speed. He's playing off all the time. A lot of cover three at Northwestern is that going to translate to the NFL? And and if I'm a Browns supporter, not a Northwestern supporter in this case, I don't think he's a fit Okay, with the Browns. I, I, and, and I could be wrong, but I feel like the Browns Wait, were you, are looking for a little bit more of a press coverage. Okay. Type yeah. Opposite See, that's what I was going to say. So you don't view him as a press coverage guy at all. That's what you're saying. It's unproven. I think a lot, there are, depending on who you ask, some people think he, given his size, given the physicality he plays the position with, a lot of people think that could translate. He just did not do that at Northwestern. Yeah, okay. So I think there's a lot of question marks of, hey, if they didn't ask him to do this at the college level, can he do it? Yeah, and that's interesting too, because you kind of took the words out of my mouth with, I think that the Browns too, I think you were 100% dead on there, that it's going to be a press coverage guy that they look for, someone that can be physical at the line of scrimmage. Because, I mean, let's call it for what it is. I mean, Denzel, he's he's gotten better at tackling and all that, but I don't think he's the most physical guy. Um, he's very quick, and then he's, we tend to see him, you know, take the quicker wide receivers on the other team. But, again, I don't, we've, we've lacked that press coverage guy for a couple of years now, so that is without question, I think, 
you hit the nail on the head there with the area that the Browns would go for. If we're talking about some of the traits that some of these corner prospects bring. I think that press coverage is definitely at the top there. Yeah, I I would be surprised if Newsom ends up on the Browns. I'll I'll, I'll say that. But I and then Farley, the other the other guy I mentioned too. Like I, I'm pretty sure didn't he have like a back surgery or something like that? So yeah, it's like Farley didn't play this last season. Already. He's gonna be gone. <laughs> he's gonna be gone before the Browns anyway. Probably, in all likelihood. Yeah. I, I unless, just think unless like, they. Tr- I think that the back, the whole back thing, there was a possibility that he could slip. And that's kind of what I was saying. Uh, if either of these guys did, then I would, I'd be intrigued. But again, yeah, I, I don't know how that's going to play out. I would suspect that, uh, that he'll be gone fairly early off the board. There, there are a lot of varying opinions on this quarterback class, which does mm-hmm. make it very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's not an obvious elite guy. A lot of people have Farley rated as the best. Some people are down on him. Some people are really down on Sertan out of Alabama. And of course, Alabama corners have had their fair share of ups and downs in the NFL. Jordan, I'm going to read you a couple different positions. And I want you to rank them for me. So we've talked about, I think what most people would consider the top three needs, linebacker, edge, and corner on this team. Some other potential needs. A, another wide receiver in the mix where you probably relegate Kaderil Hodge to fighting for a spot to be on the active roster every week. A, another offensive line position, uh, whether, you know, Chris Hubbard's probably going to be there for the Browns, but somebody else that could rotate in be available for the Browns in that scenario. That's position number two. And then number three being another safety. In addition to the safeties, the Browns have already added in free agency. Those are all depth pieces. I don't think any of them are pressing needs. But of those three, do any stand out to you as something you would really like to see addressed in the first three rounds? Because the Browns have four picks in the first three rounds. So ideally, they're probably picking one of those three positions. Yes. So for me, I think kind of you're set with your offensive line. Uh, I mean, you have some guys like Michael Dunn and, and Blake Hans who, who kind of just came in and we, we plugged them in. I think that Bill Callahan's system is built to where you can kind of, it, you know, people understand that they kind of thrive in his system. I, I'm not worried about the offensive line. I think we can kind of almost, I don't want to say you can like bring in randoms off the street to play offensive line, but at the same time, the Browns basically were doing that at one point. And again, Bill Callahan's system kind of let these guys thrive in it. Safety, um, I don't know if you've seen the videos. So like Grant Delpit looks in pretty spectacular shape right now. I have um, seen, I have seen the videos. Yeah. Doesn't I he will look say, good? I will say Jordan, I put zero stock in those videos. I know, I know, I know, I know. But at, <laughs> at NFL athletes I, are very athletic. I understand that, but yeah, I can't tell no, if I, that means he's going to be explosive on the field in the secondary against the bills. But it's still at the same time is good to see, you know, uh, he's a guy that we haven't really heard from or even seen from since he went down. So kind of see him back and kind of working his ass off to get back. I like that. But again, uh, have John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison. So then, of course, uh, look at Delpit, Delpit play that uh, hybrid uh, position if he's healthy. And I think there's a, a chance that he will be. So safety, not that uh, high on my list, uh, along with offensive line. So I'd probably say offensive line third safety second just because of the delpit question but for me henry it's it's wide receiver in the in the, in the first three rounds and, and in particular a speed guy talk about speed on offense speed on defense speed at the linebacker position speed at wide receivers the, the ability to take the top off of a defense we didn't have that odell was the only guy that could do that 
And when he went down, we kind of, it was kind of intermediate routes, uh, a lot of kind of West coasty offense type routes. Um, <laughs> definitely just made that word up off the top of my head, but nonetheless, um, I think that, you know, to me, it's just speed at the wide receiver position. Someone you could put in the slot, someone that can take the top off of the defense, kind of keep them honest. And, and, and again, Odell will be that guy without question, uh, still obviously health question marks with him, but yeah, it's wide receiver for me, Henry. I, I know that that's uh, kind of, you know, people probably be listening. It's like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, we got four guys right now that are penciled in on, in that wide receiver room being Odell, Jarvis, Higgins, and of course, Kaderil Hodge, who you mentioned. But again, are any of those guys, like Henry, do you, when I say those four names, are you any of those guys? You're like, oh yeah, that guy can take the top off the defense. I mean, obviously we know what Odell can do, but those other three, it's like Jarvis isn't going to do that. Higgins certainly isn't going to do that. And Kadero Hodge certainly isn't going to do that. So give me some speed at that wide receiver position. Let's go. I think most of Brown's nation agrees with you, Jordan. I, I hope so. I'm just, uh, I feel like the, the request for speed out of our wide receivers, the need for a downfield threat is a little bit overstated. Why? Why though? Because Baker has a cannon, man. I guess it just doesn't. And we haven't, like... we haven't been able to use it. Like, dude, he, do you remember that throw last year against the Ravens at the end of the half where he threw that ball, like fucking 70 yards in the air. Like we don't, we weren't able to use that at all. Like I can't remember. Like, I mean, there was the Donovan people's Jones. Who's another guy who I, we totally just left out of that conversation, by the way, but he is a guy that um, like, that's the last deep ball that I truly remember. And that was against the Titans. Like we just, I feel like that was a part of our offense that we just didn't have unlocked. The second Odell went down. I, I, to me, Odell Beckham solves a lot of those problems. And I understand that the Browns fans were watching that game with the Chiefs and were like, wow, all of the speed on the field for the Chiefs. And it is impressive. Right. I just think the Chiefs are a little bit of a unicorn in that sense. And I think Odell can be – he's been a big play threat in the past. I think he can fill that void just fine. And I like a lot of the Browns' young receivers. I understand they aren't burners. But to me, Rashard Higgins separates. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a intriguing young prospect that I want to see on the field more so than a guy who can take the top off a of defense. So I, I want one still. I'm with you there. I actually think safety is more important because I'm just not willing to pencil in Grant Delpit as the starter on this team. And I know a lot of other people. Well, he doesn't are. have to be though. That's the thing. He won't be. Well, if there, right. if there's going to be three safeties on the field, I will say, yeah. which I understand in the base defense, there, there'll only be two, right. but Joe Woods loves to play three safeties. I, I really just don't want to be stuck with Carl Joseph as the third safety with nobody obvious behind him. So to me, I'd rather see a, a safety be the first, you know, the first one off the board here. And then wide receiver be number two for me. And I think offensive line depth, number three, as far as that's concerned, I just feel like the wide receiver speed thing is a little bit more of a luxury. I just can't see that person getting a lot of targets. So to me, they're just not that important. It's like, okay, like some guy getting 40 targets a year, five to 10 deep balls. I, I guess that's a need. Yeah, I see what you mean. And, and I'm totally going to contradict myself here. I think you said Carl Joseph. He's, he's a free agent. He's, I don't think he's going to be coming back to this team. I actually think that sounds like he was close to signing with the Steelers the last I heard, which. Oh, maybe, maybe not. I, he's not signed. Well, with so the well, I, was gonna right. say, so, I thought so he would he, be coming back. Yeah. So if he, if he doesn't, which I don't think he will, I think then Sheldrick Redwine is probably that guy. And 
yeah, I mean, you know, that kind of just supports your argument more than it does mine for sure. But um, yeah, I guess, you know, I think you're kind of convincing me here because I, I guess I was probably putting too much stock in Grant Delpit being able to come back and be healthy. I guess, you know, Henry, I'm buying in these damn videos. That's what it is. These athletes putting out these videos, man. And I'm watching them like, oh, he's ready to go. He's ready to go. And then I look back and think like, oh, dude, he's running on a treadmill. Like I just, I got off the treadmill an hour ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, just, I, yeah. Jordan, I want to see the first NBA player that puts out a video where they miss like four shots in a row. <laughs> right, yeah. I want to see the, I want to see the, uh, an NFL player put out a video rehabbing off an injury where they don't look quite right. They look a little slow. You know, you know remember how Jalen Waddle was running sprints before the national championship and it looked like he clearly wasn't healed yet from his ankle injury. Yeah. Of course he was doing that because he was trying to come out and play for his team. I want to see an NFL player, put one of those out where it's like, ah, the gate doesn't seem quite right yet. <laughs> you know, still, a little, still a little injured. Yeah. They, to me, those, it's just, it's tough to take much out of them. And I not look, I think Grant Elbert could be a, a member of, of this defense and a starter for this defense next season. Again, it's just with him and Greedy Williams both, I don't know how you count on that. And and Ronnie Harrison missed games last yeah. year as well. I want nothing to do with, with, with Shelter Redwine in the secondary or <laughs> a lot of the other people that we saw playing at safety for the Browns last season. Yeah, but I think we the one thing I think we can both say that we're in agreement on is offensive line is, is very, very far down the list for the Browns in this draft. Yeah, it is. I, the, the reason I threw that out there is I thought Nick Harris had just a deplorable game of, of when he had to play against the Jets. I <laughs> thought that was awful. <laughs> I know, I know he was playing out of position at guard, but oh my god, that I was like, I, that was one of the worst offensive line games I've seen in a long time, and just watching it live, it was pretty frustrating. And he's a rookie, as I said, playing out of position. It's it's certainly not the be all end all. However, when I was looking at the Browns roster and filling the holes, I was like, wow, he's, he's probably going to make the team again as our seventh offensive lineman. Right. And I was like, yeah, all right. I guess, I guess so. Hopefully he's improved year two. Hey man, all I got to say is in Bill Callahan, we trust. Okay. That's, that's all that matters. That was the best other than Stefanski in my eyes. That's one of the better hires the Browns have made in in recent years. And I I mean, we saw what he did with those guys, like, you know, like I mentioned, Michael Dunn and, and Blake Hans. So, yeah, it's just – it's not up there. I get in, – and in, it was – Kendall Lamb went to the Titans, and he was a guy that could – he wasn't great, obviously, by any means, but he was a guy that you could plug around, you know, at guard, at, at tackle, and both tackle positions, and he would be able to somewhat hold his own. You, I wouldn't say you could trust him, but, like, it wasn't a Nick Harris at guard, to, I mean, to that point. But, again, we got – we got Jack Conklin, we got Wyatt Teller, we got JC Treader, we got Batonio, and we got Jedrick Bowles. So as long as we're rolling with those guys, I'm fine with it. Obviously, you 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 we you know hope that we're gonna be able to stay healthy throughout the season and won't have to go to some of these backup positions. But again, there are a lot more glaring needs in offensive line. You're you're right. There are five penciled in starters there. Yeah. And that is in and that it is to me the the other biggest argument for safety over receivers. Just as you mentioned, we have four guys right. in five. If you include Hodge, five, I think really, yeah. all serv- serviceable. Though, look again, I I came out as anti-receiver there just because I feel like I, it's overstated in terms of how much of a need that is. I think it's more of a luxury than a necessity. I would still like a speed receiver as well. So not a not going to dismiss that either. Just real quick, I looked up Nick Harris's PFF grade in that game against the Jets. <laughs> he he was a 29.6 in pass blocking. That might be the worst Woo! grade I've ever seen out of a pass yeah. blocker uh, for an offensive lineman. So 
Uh, yeah, he uh, look. <laughs> he, played, he played two games, uh, so it's it's by no means. Uh, hey, uh, he's a center man. Cut a cut him a break. Come yeah, on. It, it, look, he's. I'm not saying his career is over, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's that's the reason I brought it up, Jordan. That's all I have, really, as far as yeah. questions uh, on the uh, on the show today. So, uh, as I said, a lot of, of draft content coming. Can't wait. We've got about three weeks until it all goes down, and. It feels like, although we, we were talking about draft needs today, the beauty of this is, is there's no position where it's just an empty spot, right? There's Tack McKinley, there's yeah. Greedy Williams, where you're like, hey, injury concerns, whatever, can't count on them. But there's somebody everywhere, it feels like, at this point for the Browns. Yeah, it's truly a beautiful thing to, like, not go into this draft and have to worry about, like, hey, who's our quarterback going to be? Hey, we need playmakers on offense. Hey, we need playmakers on defense. Like, no, we have playmakers on both sides of the ball it's really filling those smaller needs those kind of backup roles the kind of role players uh, that can fit in this defense in the future and it's really a beautiful thing and look I'm ready to go for this draft in Cleveland man like we're gonna have some stuff going on for work down there and I'm, I'm psyched it can't come quick enough and um you know it's kind of a weird time with COVID still going on but I think Cleveland's gonna show up man and, and I'm really excited for it I am uh, very excited as well. We'll be back on this feed talking plenty more draft, plenty uh, of content coming your way as far as wide receivers and corners in this draft, draft crushes. I We are going to have Chris Trapasso from CBSSports.com, draft analyst there, back on the show before the draft. So, Browns fans, plenty more to come on this feed as far as draft content. Jordan, if there's a Jadavion Clowney signing too, we might have to break out an emergency podcast. Yeah, However, I don't think that's I don't think that's coming anytime soon. Sadly, I, I don't think so either. So, until next time, Browns fans, we're gonna wrap this one up. Just two words for you: Go Browns. <laughs>